Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Nisa and Nabiyyi, O wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now their fadila, their high rank is further being established over here. Allah says, Lastunna. You are not at all. Lastunna from lasta, laysa. Alright, laysa, it is not. Lasta, you are not. Lastunna, you all are not. Okay? So lastunna, you are not. Ka'ahadin like anyone mina nisa among the women. O wives of the Prophet ﷺ, you are not like anyone among women. Your status is not like that of other believing righteous women. You are more honorable near Allah. Your reward is greater. And so what is expected of you is also greater. Right? You are superstars. You are in the limelight. So you must be extra careful also. Because everyone's eyes are on you. Your interaction with people must be proper. You must observe, you know, a very proper code of conduct. Because لَسْتُنَّكَ أَحَدٍ مِنَ nisa. You are not like other women. Recognize your status. Know your rank. And accordingly, your character should be. Accordingly, your mannerism should be. Accordingly, your dealings with people should be. According to what? your status, the level that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. You understand over here? You see, again, same example, a three-year-old child, if he screams in a store, is that okay? I mean, it's embarrassing, but people look and they smile and they look away. Isn't it? But an 18-year-old child, okay, if they start screaming in the middle of the grocery store, is that acceptable? No, that's not acceptable, right? Because with age comes responsibility, isn't it? So an 18-year-old has to behave like an 18-year-old, not like a 3-year-old. Why? Because there's a huge difference between being 3 and being 18, isn't it? Is there a difference? There's a huge difference. So the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are being taught about their status. Realize who you are. You are Zawjah. Of who? An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You have chosen him. Allah has chosen you. And you are doing a great ihsan. And Allah will grant you great ihsan. Your level is higher. So you have to carry yourself accordingly. You understand? You have to carry yourself accordingly. So, لَسْتُنَّكَ أَحَدٍ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ إِنِ اتَّقَيْتُنَّ إِنْ إِفْ you have taqwa. If you have fear of Allah. And you see this clause over here, if you have fear of Allah, what does this make very clear? That your status is with taqwa. Not simply because you're married to the Prophet hmm? So if you really have taqwa, then you must be careful about what is being mentioned over here. Now before we continue, remember that the wives of the Prophet their interaction with people was also greater. Why? Because many people would come to the house of the Prophet ﷺ. So over here, the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are being given certain guidelines. How they must particularly speak with men. Alright? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In taqaytunna, if you fear Allah, if you have taqwa, then the taqwa should not just stay in the heart, it should do something to your speech also. It should affect your speech also. How? 
that fala then do not takhdana you become humble and soft bil qawl in speech meaning in your speech don't be extra soft in your speech to who to men okay and notice what is mentioned over here in ittaqaytunna you should guard your speech out of fear of allah not fear of your husband or fear of people or fear of society your speech should be correct out of whose fear fear of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hmm? and one guideline that's given over here is la takhda'na bil qawl do not be too soft in speech now the word takhda'na is from khudur khada'in khada' what does khada' mean khudur to be humble to lower oneself now if you think about it humility it's really good isn't it but when it comes to speech humility doesn't mean that talking very humbly it means being very soft in speech okay very soft in speech like you know when if a woman is talking in a very tender way in a very affectionate way in a very loving way and that's fine for a woman i mean she's not being prohibited from talking like this at all just in certain situations avoid talking in this manner why because fayatuma then he will have tama he will have desire who alladhi the one who fi qalbihi in his heart is marad is disease because all sorts of people come you interact with all sorts of people and the one in whose heart is a disease which disease of sin fujur he will have desire meaning he will take interest in you he will have dirty wishes for you so guard your speech waqulna and say meaning when you speak how should you speak qawlan ma'rufa a word that is ma'ruf that is appropriate and this is beautiful this means don't be completely silent let's say nothing and just shy away no speak confidently speak properly in a ma'ruf way in an appropriate way not rudely and not freely either professionally qulna qawlan ma'rufa now firmly doesn't mean be offensive and be rude and be harsh okay now what is being said over here is that the control is with you right you do not give an opportunity to a stranger to take advantage of you you see over here the men have not been prohibited from speaking to the wives of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam nor have the wives of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam been forbidden from speaking to non-muhram men we have gone to this extreme right that if there's a brother with a beard don't even say salam right your husband's friend comes in don't even say salam right and this is something that i honestly cannot understand you know it's amazing that if people see me in a niqab it's as if i don't exist seriously i'm a person you can say salam to me no problem i can say salam that doesn't mean that we have to go on talking talking but we can have a a normal conversation a necessary conversation and there is nothing wrong with that we think that being ultra religious and this is our fault actually that we think religiosity is don't speak to men the azwaj of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam are being taught speak qulna speak but how qawlan ma'rufa appropriate speech so we've gone to extremes either we have gone to one extreme of not speaking at all 
right? Or we've gone to the other extreme of speaking without any limits, without even, you know, following any code of conduct, without even watching our speech. We've gone to the other extreme. This ayah teaches a beautiful balance, right? That two things, keep them in mind. One, لا تخضعنا بالقول Do not be too soft in your speech. Okay? Meaning do not be inviting in your speech. Do not talk in a very affectionate and in a very loving way. Speak how? Straightforward, confidently. Convey what you have to convey. And then, قُلْنَ قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا Secondly, قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا That which is appropriate, that which is acceptable. You see, if the wives of the Prophet ﷺ had been forbidden from speaking to the men completely, then you know what? Today, we would not have many ahadith. Aisha radiallahu anha, in her house, sahaba would come, tabi'een would come, and she would narrate hadith to them. She would explain things to them. She would teach them. They would be in the masjid. People would come and take fatwa from her and she would teach. And mind you, it wasn't just Aisha radiallahu anha. It was also Um Salama. It was also Hafsa radiallahu anha. It was the wives of the Prophet ﷺ who narrated so many ahadith. So many. It's a treasure. So if Allah had forbidden them from even speaking to men, then what would happen? We would have been deprived of all this khair. And that's not a natural way of living anyway. Right? A natural way is that there will be interaction, there will be conversation, and each person must take care of themselves. Don't blame others. Take responsibility. Right? The control is in your hand. Watch how you speak. Be careful about how you speak. Don't be too giggly and, you know, nor too shy. Speak normally. Anything you'd like to add or any question before we continue to the next ayah? Yes. Yes, don't be too inviting. In studies of cases of assault and statements from like the, the victims themselves and of like the person who assaulted them, a lot of the times the guys believed that like the woman or whoever it was was asking for it. You know, like they'd gotten hints that, you know, the other person wanted it when that was not at all what they wanted. So a huge misunderstanding was created because the guys tend to interpret certain signals in one way while the woman does not intend that at all. In her mind, she's just being friendly, but for him, it's her inviting him. Interesting. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, we don't blame, we don't hold men responsible for their actions. They are responsible for their actions. But at the same time, we see that the control is with the woman. Right? That it depends on how much you talk, how you talk, how you look. It's your body language, the words that you choose. It's the manner in which you speak. The control is with who? It is with you. So use that to your advantage. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَرْنَا وَقَرْنَا wa and قَرْنَا you should abide. And the word qarna is from the root letters qaf ra ra. The word is actually qararna, but it has been shortened, abbreviated to just qarna. Just like the word zalalta, shortened to zalta. Alright? So that's from zil. Alright? And this is from qarar. Qarar. Qaf ra ra. What does qarar mean? To remain in a place. Alright? So qarna remain where? Fi buyuti kunna. In your homes. Very interesting ayah. Alright? I like this ayah a lot. Many people get offended. I don't know why. Karna fi buyuti kunna. Remain in your houses. 
What does it mean by this? Over here we see more guidelines are being given to the wives of the Prophet ﷺ. And the first is abide in your homes. Why? Because you are celebrities and when you will go out, people will recognize you from far. You will never be out of the spotlight. So avoid public appearances as much as you can. Otherwise your life will be more difficult. Because the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were not ordinary women. Who were they? Has it ever happened that you're at a public gathering somewhere and somebody says, Oh, see that person? They're that person. They're that person. Which person? Oh, that YouTuber. Oh, who, who? Okay, go to them. Okay. Can I take a picture with you? You know, it's amazing that if a person even fakes it, they pretend to be a celebrity, they'll be crowded. They will be crowded and people will gang up around them and they will want to take pictures with them. You know what I'm talking about? I saw a video like that where a person was pretending to be a celebrity. Alright? And they weren't actually a celebrity and people were stopping taking pictures and whatnot. So, you remember what happened to Diana? Princess Diana? How did she die? Car accident. Why? Huh? Trying to run away from who? Paparazzi. Right? Every now and then, don't we hear about this picture that was taken of a certain princess or, or of a certain high status woman and then a whole issue was created because of that, right? Why is it that it's these poor women who are targeted and everybody else, yes, they're also targeted in a different way, but why these women? Because they're in the spotlight, aren't they? Being a princess is no ordinary thing. Isn't it? Being the wife of a president is no ordinary thing. Right? So people will talk about your clothes, people will talk about your hat, people will talk about your shoes, people will talk about your hairstyle, people will talk about everything. They will make your life extremely difficult. And the thing is that someone of such a high profile, the more they go out in public, alright, what happens is the more people stare at them. You know, for example, just the royal family, it's I feel sad, I feel pity for them, honestly. It's like the poor couple cannot even enjoy their children. You know, they have to hide everything. They have to hide everything. And they just have to live this life of... It's it's sad. Really, it's sad. They can't enjoy it. Even if they go somewhere on a private beach, they're not left on their own. I mean, don't get me wrong over here. I'm not saying that everything they do, we should do. I'm just giving you an example that when people are of a very high status, the rest of the people don't leave them alone. And this is across all societies. Alright? And what happens is that evil eye is also real. Isn't it? So the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are being taught over here that realize your ordinary deeds are also a big deal. And this just comes as part of the package. That's just how it is. Right? Because for another woman to go out of her house, normal. But for the wife of the Prophet ﷺ to go out of her house and go somewhere, do something, which is her need, whatever, it's her business, her choice, her freedom, but it will be turned into news. You understand? It will be turned into a big deal. Whereas in reality, it's not really a big deal. But why is it that it will be turned into a big deal? Because of their status. Alright? So this ayah does not mean that the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were prohibited from going out of their houses. This is making them realize uh, their high status. 
And because of that, they must be extra careful about their ordinary deeds also. Because they're in the spotlight. Hmm? Now, we see that women, they went out of their homes at that time, even to use the toilet. Like seriously, they had to. They had to go far away. And they would go in groups sometimes. This was something normal in that society. They would have to go. It wasn't conceivable for a woman to just stay at home. It wasn't possible. Likewise, the women would go out like the wives of the Prophet ﷺ. They would go out to visit one another. We learn about Aisha anha even going to visit Bilal anhu when he was sick. Alright? So they went to visit one another. They would go to pray in the masjid. Don't we read in Sahih Bukhari about women going to the masjid to pray? Right? They would go on expeditions with the Prophet ﷺ. They would go for hajj, for umrah. They were as-sa'ihat. As-sa'ihat, women who travel, as we will learn. But they went with dignity. Alright? They were very careful about how they went. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advises the women that وَقَرْنَ fi بُيُوتِكُنَّ You see, when women and even prestigious women, when they are targeted in public, okay, this is a sign of real moral degradation of a people. And the sad reality is that this happens and it will happen. Because we don't know when men will learn. Not all men, there are some men, right, who are always looking for fitna. I mean, think about it. If there is a woman like Benazir who got killed in Pakistan, I mean, doesn't that show the morality of the people that they don't have respect for a woman, that they'll kill her? You understand? I'm not saying what everything she did was right. The fact is she was a woman. Have some respect for a woman. Weren't women attacked in uprisings in Egypt? Terribly. Beaten, sexually assaulted even. Recently at New Year's, what happened in Germany? Right? I mean, every now and then we hear of women, women being targets. Women getting attacked. And these are all types of women. Right? So it doesn't matter whether you're in Africa, Asia, North America, Europe. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you have a whole law system in place, a legal system in place. If you have police, if you have whatnot, you have the presence of soldiers to ensure that there's security. Despite all of that, there will always be bad apples. There will always be people who will assault women. This is just a sad reality. I'm not saying men are not guilty. They are 100% guilty for the wrong that they do. But because such men exist, what is it that the woman has to do? What is it that she has to do? Hmm? Protect herself. Right? She has to take care of herself. And we see that even in the most ideal Islamic society, because we hurl this accusation that, oh, it's a Western country, so it's morally corrupt. Well, you know what? Even in Medina... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَيَطْمَعَ الَّذِي فِي قَلْبِهِ مَرَضٍ Because you see, for a man to treat a woman with dignity, this is a matter of the heart. This is a moral issue. And it can be made into a legal matter, but until the man is morally upright, he cannot treat women with dignity. And when it comes to morality, moral values, conscience, then this is something that is not stagnant, nor is it something that's equal between people. It increases, it decreases. People are at various levels. Right? So, there will always be those around who will target women, who will harass women. This has been going on from the very beginning. This is part of human society. 
as sad as it is. Seriously, it is. Because many people say, oh, you know what? These are all irrelevant now. Because we are living in the 21st century. These are all irrelevant now. Because you know what? Men who commit such crimes against women, they're penalized, they're punished. And you know what? Now we have police. Now we have this. And now we have that. Alhamdulillah. These are all things that should inshallah help us you know, be a little bit more protected, but they do not guarantee 100% protection. You understand? They don't guarantee 100% protection. Because people who say, oh, women should not have to wear hijab, because if they're covering, then that means that basically women are told that you are guilty because you're beautiful, right? That men are not responsible, women are responsible, the entire burden is being placed on the women. Well, that is because men are of a particular nature. And that nature you cannot change. Whether you live in Europe or Africa or North America or anywhere in the world, whether you live in 10th century or 15th century or 21st century or 30th century, this is something that is part of men. And them, men treating women with dignity, this has to do with their morality. This has to do with their inner self, right? Inner purity. And inner purity, people are not born with it. Right? It Fitrah, what happens to it? It gets corrupted. Shaitan is there, isn't he? Isn't he there? He is there, right? Evil is there. So these ayat are still relevant. You understand? So, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ What does it mean then? Guard yourself when you go out in public. Be careful. And avoid extra, unnecessary public appearances anyway. Because when you go in such places, then what will happen? Because you are, you are a woman of high status, people will target you. Didn't Abdullah bin Ubay target Aisha radhiallahu anha? Didn't he? He did, right? Created a whole scandal about her. So this is something that will happen. Now this doesn't mean that women have to get locked up in their houses. No. Aisha radhiallahu anha even led an army. She did. Aisha radhiallahu anha, she went for hajj, she went for umrah, she traveled. As-sa'ihat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises such women in the Qur'an, those who travel in the way of Allah. But the message here is, when you go out of your house, then, then, be careful. Be on your guard. And you know what? I think part of this is also to take a self-defense class. No, seriously. Because you have to protect yourself, don't you? You have to know how to protect yourself. So part of that is taking a self-defense class also. Inshallah. Secondly, another thing that is mentioned over here is وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى وَلَا and do not تَبَرَّجْنَ You display. تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ The display of the time of ignorance. الْأُولَى The former one. What does it mean by this? تَبَرُّج is from the root letter is بَارَجِيم Alright, and Burj is a tower. Now a tower is visible from very far. Even from Mississauga you can see. Which tower? CN Tower. So, Tabarruj is Idharu Zina. It is to display adornment. Alright, to display adornment in order to attract, in order to invite attention. Alright, so La Tabarrajna Tabarruj al Jahiliyatil Ula. It is to beautify to highlight, to accentuate, to reveal beautification, 
Alright? So don't do that, O women, when you go out of your house, especially in the way that people used to do at the time of ignorance, before Islam. Don't do it in that way. What does it mean by this? A second guideline is given over here. When you go out of your house, check your appearance. Don't display yourself. Do not go dressed in such a way that your makeup, your hair, your clothes, your shoes, your fragrance, all of them are drawing attention. Or that your style of walking, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, the way you interact with others, should not be such that it's drawing attention. Right? So, لا تبرجنا And this is referring to observing the hijab. This doesn't mean that a woman is not allowed to dress up. Okay? She is to dress up. But when she goes out, then she must be modest in her dressing. And inshallah we will learn about the baruj in greater detail in verses to come. This shows to us that when a woman goes out, meaning when she's coming in the public, then she must not display her adornment. Tell me something, going in public, does it just mean going on a stage somewhere where people are watching? What else does it include? Huh? Going out where? Okay, how about going to school or going to work? So one is your physical outing, right? You're going somewhere physically. And the other is, there's another way in which we interact with the public. Hmm? Virtual, right? Social media. So when it comes to posting pictures over there, sharing our pictures or images over there, then in that also is the baruj appropriate? It's the same thing. Allah is saying, لا تبرجنا. Don't do tabaruj. Don't display adornment. So each and every one of us must think about ourselves. The pictures that we share online, what are they like? Because any person can go through them, right? Can they? Men and women. So we don't want to be doing something wrong over here. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he said, do not ask about the destruction of three types of people. And one of them he mentioned, a woman whose husband is absent in order to take care of all her worldly needs, meaning he's gone to work, basically, and she displays her adornment because he's not around. In another hadith, we learn about a woman doing tabarruj. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, that in Jannah, only such women will enter who are like this particular curl. There was a curl, a very rare kind of a curl, and the Prophet ﷺ said, this is how the women will be. Just like this crow, it's a very rare type. Because majority of the women, they fall into, into what? This kind of tabarruj. Right? So when she has to go to a public place, then she must take care of her appearance also. Another thing Allah mentions in this ayah is, وَأَقِمْنَ الصَّلَاةَ And establish the prayer, وَآتِينَ الزَّكَاةَ And give the zakah. وَأَطِعْنَ اللَّهَ And obey Allah وَرَسُولَهُ And His Messenger. Notice something. Salah, zakah is mentioned when? After. After what? Prohibition of tabarruj. Right? Because many times we will disregard the hijab. Why? Because we'll say hijab is not important. Salah, zakah, charity. You know, each command has its own place. Right? Salah is important in its own place. And hijab is important in its own place. Allah says, إِنَّمَا Indeed only, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ Allah wants, لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمْ To take away from you, الرِّجْسَ The filth, أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ O people of the house. Which house? The house of the Prophet. 
the household of the Prophet ﷺ. Allah wishes to remove impurity from you. Allah wishes to remove all evil and filth from you. وَيُطَهِّرَكُمْ تَطْهِيرًا And He wants to purify you with a tathir, meaning a complete, extensive, thorough purification. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for you. And this is why He has given you these commands. These commands have not been given to you in order to oppress you. Because if that was the intent, then we would not have known the name of Aisha radiallahu anha. We would not have known her as a teacher. We would not have known her as who she really was. We would not have known her. It's amazing how, you know, there's a conference coming up, the Being Me conference, the theme is what this year? Love Aisha. When I heard about it, I was like, the entire conference is going to be about Aisha radiallahu anha? I mean, that tells you something about Aisha radiallahu anha, doesn't it? So if she was an oppressed woman, a woman who was silenced, a woman who was not granted her freedom of expression, of doing something in her life, then we wouldn't have known her. Right? We wouldn't have known her. So the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given all of these commands, what's the reason? What's the reason? In the ayah, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us? To purify you, to clean you. Right? Because if the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were displayed out in the open, then what would happen? They would lose their dignity. Attacked and, you know, harassed. And this is a kind of filth. The dirty eyes of men, even they are a kind of filth. So the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are advised to cover themselves in a way that the dirty eyes of men do not even set upon them. Keep themselves pure. Keep themselves clean. Keep themselves dignified. Recitation of these ayats. Yanisa'an-Nabi'i-Lastunna-Ka-Ahadim-Mina-Nisa'i-Ni-Ttaqaytunna-Fala-Tahba'na-Bil-Qawli-Fayatma'a-Alladhi-Fi-Qalbihi